Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Lifty Delaney. So what? I'm not sure. I'll have to play that back at slow speed, but I think there was only two pows in there, so I'll just pow. That's the third one. Edit it together. I might in the do. I might just leave it like this. I, process. I don't need to edit it together, Sam. All I need to contractually do is deliver the three pows. It doesn't oh. say they have to be consecutive. Oh, is that right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's our sponsors. They're, they're quite, yeah, <laughs> our, our sponsors and advertisers are increasingly demanding. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. They well, they uh, do things like they all do the Lampard voice at least on on average 0.5 times per episode. Yeah. But uh what was what's this life logistics? Yeah, life logistics. Uh we're here to solve all your problems again. Um are you got any you want to well, do straight away? It, it, it's slight break to tradition, but I welcome this sort of thing where other people give us their life logistical advice, right? Okay. I mean, mainly this is works the other way round. But if you come up with something decent, I'm prepared to give it the, some airspace, right? Some airtime. Add it to the, our, our logistic bank, mm. think bank, you could call it. I mean, you might not agree with this. I'll right. run it by you. I consider mm. you the logistical expert. I'm just, a, as I've said before, I'm a sort of a, a part-time logistics fan. It's a hobby to me. Yeah. Um, all right, dickheads. This is from Simon Williams. Uh, life logistic tip here for the next show, maybe. Hmm? What presumptuous? Very when presumptuous. making a purchase, be it a bed, a t-shirt, a TV. Those are the three basic purchase mm-hmm. categories, aren't they? For in the, a, any man's big, life. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. My, my my good wife and I implement a pound per use rule when buying non-perishable goods. Fridge costs right. eight hundred quid. We will use it more than 800 times before it's off the t- off to the tip. Yes, yeah. that's reasonable. It's a sensible buy, and you shouldn't feel the post-purchase guilt pang in your guts. Right. Will I wear that shirt 60 times, 60 pounds shirt, before ah. I get too fat to wear it again? Probably ah. not. You're cool. Hope some of the con- cunters find the concept useful. Simon, the Essex cunter, IFS Platinum Pierce, I have a ice cube in my mouth. Um... <laughs> I reckon that's not a bad that's, thing. There's something to, in that. To yeah. remove remove yeah. guilt, which is what a lot of purchases involve yeah. of guilt, you know. And and I think, yeah, if you can if you can give it a pound a go, I mean by that rationale, poor we've always said the most 
you should spend on anything in your house, at mm. least proportionally, should be your bed rig. So your mattress. Of course. Your mattress and your pillow, really, yeah. and your duvet. And I personally, I don't know if I've discussed this with you, but I have an electric blanket. Have Did you know? you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been a fan of electric blankets for most of my adult life. I mean, I I never had one when I was younger. I mm. think my parents might have done. My grand definitely had one because he used to go and stay at my grand's house for sleepovers. Yeah. And she'd put the electric blanket on. Oh, and it what was a lovely. But back then... There was always this sort of shorthand that an electric blanket meant almost certain death uh, because yeah, they were badly wired, they were badly made, they were slightly yeah, uncomfortable. I think there were some scare stories, but things have changed. This is 40 years ago. I though, mean, when so I first started on my electric blanket journey, let's call it a journey. It is a journey, yeah. Um, I I can't remember Voyage. how old I was, maybe early 20s. And mm. I, at the time, various things like you'd have to remember to put it on. Mm-hmm. quite early in the evening to get that warmth that you wanted when you climbed into bed at bedtime. So, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd put it on, like, during EastEnders, right, mm. in order to have it ready. It powered up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, like a fast-boiling kettle, bang, you can, mm. you can put it on when you're going to bed, or you can go up to your room, get sorted, get your gym jams on, whatever, mm. put it on. Say go your prayers. And, say your prayers. Go... Go and clean your teeth and do your yeah. evening, ab- what's the word? Ablutions. 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 <laughs> Come back. Pretty toasty, mate. So that just for one thing is, is right. it's moved on a lot. Um, how do you use it? That's that's the thing. You've got to have boundaries because you an electric blanket, especially once it gets ch- into the chillier months, which we're in now, mm. right? Mm. It can get addictive. And uh, recently, this is something, this has been a secret pleasure of my my good wife and I, is the electric blanket. Recently, I introduced my son to it. I think he climbed into bed with me and he went, why is it so hot? And I said, that, my friend, is a little thing called an electric (laughs) blanket. That's a secret we've been keeping from you. father? (laughs) A special magical blanket? Yes, son. The the marital (laughs) bed, the parental bed has this added feature. Why doesn't my bed have this feature? Yeah, well, when we were when we were, tr- when we were trying for you, uh, we couldn't have them because the heat was very bad for the productivity of my testicles. <laughs> so for a long while, I had to go without. But as soon as we had the second kid, <laughs> bang, back on maximum every night. But it was now frazzling me sex organs, son. Who cares? Good. <laughs> um... Len is really into it, and so I now bet. it's got to be out of hand. Because usually, what I do is I put it on around this time of year, like I say, to sort of bed. You get into bed, it's oh, it's lovely, mate. It's so good. Mm. And you know, then I'll switch it off after I've read maybe a chapter of my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then turn, my wife will look at me wordless because that's how a good marriage works. She will look at yeah. me it's and nod, psychic, isn't it? And yeah. I will know it's time to switch the blanket off. Because we don't want to get sweaty from it, right? Because that's mm. horrible. You just want a nice, t- light toasting. But Len's discovered it, and now, like in the evening, we have a chapter of Roy of the Ro- a couple of chapters of Roy of the Rovers before yeah. be- his bedtime. Uh, at the moment, Roy of the Rovers, nineteen sixties, um, an exact, almost exact replica, by the way, for fans of our Roy of the Rovers eighties um, uh, Odyssey. 
the storyline that I'm on at the moment in the 60s is just the Trevor Binston story, but it's the bloke's got a different name <laughs> right. and it's in the 60s. And then you realise, fuck me, if you go backwards through the Roy of the Rovers annuals, which I've been doing with Len, you realise that a lot of storylines are just reused because oh, there's this no. fucking maverick fan who's like, yeah. uh, you know, a 60s sort of a hooligan and he, and, and Roy climbs into the, the crowd. Do you know what Roy does? Roy, I think he does this in the 80s to Brinston, but I'm not sure. Roy gets really fucked off of him, so he smashes the ball in his face and knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've start. Len has started putting the blanket on for, for like, I'll usually for lie on the bed, time. on my bed, and read to him. Right. He, and then he goes, he s- switches it on for story time, and yeah. then it's really hard to get out once three times over, because once you're in, mate, it's really hard to get out because it's oh, so comfortable. Yeah. And and the other thing, and then the other day, this is when I thought it's gone really too far. And it, this is too far, I admit, but it's good to get, you know, I learned this, you know, through my addiction therapy is like, you know, you've got to be open about it because once you, then you make yourself accountable. So you mm. have to say these things out loud because if they're mm. a secret, then that's what will kill you. Len put it on while we were watching a football match in the mm. room. Uh, and it was like a four o'clock kickoff, mm. and he went, "Let's put the blanket on, mate." And I went, <laughs> "No, it's no, we can't do that. It's the middle of the day." He went, "We're putting it on," <laughs> and he put it on on Max, and then we sat there, and it was like, "Oh no!" And it's like when you start drinking in the day, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, which I've done. I, you know, I, I have yeah. gone through a phase of being daytime drinking. Once you've done it. You just thought once you start having like a drink at lunchtime and then just carrying on through, you just, it's really hard to stop because it's before, quite, frankly, it's quite nice. Before you know it, you're going to be setting your alarm for five thirty a.m. just so you can put the blanket on first put thing it on in the morning. First thing in the morning, <laughs> and then when you, got you wake a up. Oh my god! So I've got an electric blanket problem. I've got that off my chest. <laughs> um, how much the electric blanket costs? Probably about hundred quid. Have I used it more than a hundred times? Easily. So, I mean, the way I'm going at the moment, I use it more than 100 times in a week. So, uh, by Simon Williams' logistical tip, I Mm. think it was a bargain. But that doesn't factor in the way in which it could be ruining my life, like a heroin addiction. The the idea of spending 60 quid on a T-shirt makes me want to fucking vomit, to be quite honest with you. It's a shirt. A shirt. A shirt. A shirt shirt with buttons. I I don't wear shirts. I wear T-shirts. I I don't think I've ever seen you in a shirt. Maybe, uh, t-shirts, maybe when you either... guested on Sandalini's news thing, nah, you wouldn't have worn a shirt then. No, if anything, would, you'd no, have dressed down. Yeah, I think I'd probably wore like a polo neck t-shirt <laughs> to be yeah. slightly posh. Yeah, but I mean, I, I wear t-shirts from the supermarkets, or I'll wear t-shirts that have got some pop culture reference on that mm. I've paid maximum fifteen quid for a sixty quid item of clothing, just an anathema. Well, well uh, t-shirts. Well, hang on. What about me? One hundred and four pound Prince Sign of the Time box set. Well, how many what would times? be regarded as a one pound use of that? Would it be? It's not listening to the whole thing all the way through, is it? Is it listening to one disc of the eight discs? Yeah, just using it, it. Using it how in many, any way. How many? How many pages of the lush uh, hmm. eighty-six page booklet that comes with it is re- regarded Sometimes, as a quid's mate, worth? You might just look at it, Ooh. and it might raise your spirit somewhat. That's you know it, what I mean? the fact that just the object itself, yeah, the aesthetics. The other night it was, um, it was uh, just to bring up Len's bedtime again, I don't know, it's just coincidence, but Prince is in, was involved in it because my good wife, who I consider to be the world's 
premier prince expert, right? Yeah. She's like... Gone, I wouldn't go up against her. Put it that way. She, she's gone, oh, look at this. This is the first ever recorded performance of Purple Rain, right? And it right. was at a gig where he's chucked it in before yeah. the album or anything. He's chucked it in, right? And the whole lot of there, the revolution of there, Cat, mm. um, Wendy and Lisa, all of them, Sheila Ree, and Dr. He, Fink. Dr. Fink, Brown Mark, right? All of them. And he, uh, and he does it, and it's incredible, because you sort of think, you're imagining the audience thinking, what the hell is this all-time epic opera that this bloke has just casually chucked into this gig, right? Mm-hmm. It's spellbinding. It's hypnotising. Right. And... But she showed it to me just before I was about to go upstairs for Roy the Rover's time for Len's bedtime. And Len, our kids are kind of a bit annoyed by Prince because they feel it takes up too much of our time. Right? Yeah. And he literally shouted, Can I please go to bed? I'm very tired. And you are just watching Prince doing Purple Rain for ages. <laughs> we saw a high five. And thought, well, you know, yeah. that's the way it goes, son. Here's, here's my unpopular opinion. Massive mm. Prince fan, as you know, I don't mm. really like Purple Rain. You don't like it? Nah, I've, as Len says, goes on too long. Well, I can see why you I've, might I've, think I've, that. I've heard it I've heard it too many times, I don't need to hear it again. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like so many songs, and Prince has a lot like this, Is there are certain songs that are stone-cold classic songs, incredible but they've become such standards that it's really hard to ever see them truly, purely as they are because mm. they're, they're too overheard. And that that happens with a lot of things in life, well, but particularly music, in my opinion. I know what I you mean. mean. I know what you mean, but I, do, I don't get that with When Doves Cry and I don't get that with Kiss either. I can listen to them afresh again and again and again. Mm. But Purple Rain it feels like a dirge. Yeah. can't be asked with it. There's another that, thing that I've doesn't... Su- like that, but... the, the thing that doesn't surprise me is there's something about Purple Rain. Like, if you look at Kiss or t- a bit like When Doves Cry, these are, like, you love pop. You love the purity of, of great yeah. pop. Whereas Purple Rain is Prince slightly veering into pompous rock music. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which is That's something that is. you hate, that you yeah. stand against with every yeah. fibre within yourself. Yeah. And it's like... It's slight. I mean, I love it, but it is slightly like a stadium anthem. You know, mm. it's pre- uh, this is an awful thing to say, but it's like Prince's Bohemian Rhapsody or Prince's <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. Stairway and to so heaven. it doesn't yeah. surprise exactly. me that that is not that that is the song that uh, Prince's that you're not that fussed not about. My bag. Yeah, I suppose the other day that, yeah. when Doves Cry came on in the car, and I said, "What's really funny about this is that this is." arguably Prince's most famous or most liked song and it's also one of his most successful singles right when and and some people say well this is when Prince just does pop music the three minute song right but then you listen to it right and yeah. like you can imagine the record label going yeah we really like this it's got a good hook we like the lyrics of the production 
Prince, why do you insist on putting things in the background like this at the beginning? Just it's going really well. And we're thinking, great, at last he's done something normal and not super weird and not yeah. full of really dark sexual lyrics that there's no way we can get on the radio. He's done a bit at the beginning where it started really well, where he just makes this he makes this noise happen. It goes... Like something from a David Lynch movie, right? And they go, right. And he's playing it to them in their offices. And he goes, we like it. <laughs> but it would be better without that weird sort of industrial noise that makes no sense. The background goes, no, that's that's a deal breaker. That's easily the best bit and most important part of the song. And they go, totally. why? Why, Prince? <laughs> <laughs> he always has to do something. He has to do something. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to David Lynch films, that's weird because I was listening to Six Music in bed as I was waking up this morning. And I had a bit of a lag in, so it wasn't like um, Chris Hawkins. It was mm-hmm. Nimoni is covering for uh, for Chris Lauren Laverne. And no, she played... no, no this mor- not this morning. That was Jim McCartney. Was it? Oh, yeah. I was only half awake. I didn't know what was going on. But um, it was a woman. I knew that much. <laughs> <was. laughs> They're quite different. And she played something good, and then I was only half awake, and she played something which genuinely sounded like a fetus singing in a David Lynch film. And <laughs> it did the job, though. It woke me up, because I was just so fucking jarred by their, it. Their, their playlist can be a bit all over the place. And then Trouble Funk came on, who we oh. both love. Yeah. So that was good. Oh, Trouble oh, Funk, who played at the docks in Sunderland. They played at the docks in Sunderland on the tube, yeah. 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 It's one of the best Check it out clip. on YouTube. It's one of the best clips yeah. you've ever alerted to me to. Still smoking by Trouble Funk down mm. at the shipyards in Sunderland. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the <laughs> days. It, that was, that was when music TV was music TV. Yeah, and I think they did it at like five in the morning, so it was just still dark, and there was loads yeah. of steam and shit going on. It's brilliant. Um, sticking with the subject of... Uh, bedding, bed rigs, etc., etc. Uh, Dobry Dan says, any duvet tips down or synthetic filling? Now, I think oh, duvets... Listen, can I Go just on. say, I saw this email, right? And I know Dan is a regular correspondent with us. Burnley fan lives in Prague. What's the story there? Don't mm. know. Maybe that's the end of the day. Obviously. Uh, yeah. What is it, mate? What, is what's it he done? Is it tax or is it women? Because we know right. it's got to be one of those two Why things. Why has he left Burnley? For Prague. Mm. Don't know, yeah. yeah. Strange place to end up, but lovely place. Um now, you're you're Dan, you're doing this for attention because who on earth is gonna answer that by saying, Oh, synthetic, mate? Of course you <laughs> have a fucking down do. It's just a silly question. It's like saying, Hmm, uh breakfast, what shall I go for? Eggs <laughs> or poison? <laughs> it's just a it's a silly question. Yeah. Synthetic filling is the poison of the duvet world. Synthetic <laughs> filling? And now that first start, the, the health and safety aspect, nightmare, right? Yeah, very flammable, isn't it? Just like 70s electric blanket danger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you get a down duvet, simple as that. But um, duvets, mattresses are one thing and pillows are another thing, but duvets, it, it can wildly vary as to what's suitable and comfortable for you because... You're talking about electric blankets. I'm not sure about going for electric blanket because I have what I would describe as a hot body, Sam. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, 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 not like that. Oh, right. I meant, like, I meant like when I get into bed. Can I just say hot body is another 
Our favourite song idea that I've ever come up with, um, that we've come up with, and we've come up with a lot, was yeah, our '80s soul funk pop single "Shut My Body, Shut Your Body Down," <laughs> your body. or "Shut My Body Down." I can't remember, yeah. but brilliant. But "Hot Body" is another brilliant one. Andy Hot Body Dawson. <laughs> no, that's just the name of the single. Andy Daw- This is Andy Dawson straight in at number fifteen with "Hot Body." Oh, I'm just thinking <laughs> possible possible new nickname. Possible new nickname. Hot Body. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's self-appointed nickname. Body. It's self-appointed, yeah, as like all, all the best mine. nicknames are. Yeah. yeah. I might introduce that on Friday, non-IFS. Jalapeño. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Yeah, I get into bed and I'm usually... <laughs> Hot. Hot, right. And, and this is at like, any is, time this of is year, why, in, in all this the is, seasons. Yeah, and right. just hot body in general. Like, I was out playing golf the other day and I posted right. a picture on Instagram and I was wearing shorts. Mm. And some people were going, ah, shorts, it's almost November. Ah! <laughs> yeah. As if I committed some kind of weather crime. Yeah. But it's all right because I've got a hot body, so hot I don't body. feel it. I you don't need, feel it. You need ventilation at all times. So I don't know if I need an electric blanket and duvets... I'm going to mm. need a, a low tog. It's a low tog, isn't it, for yeah. cold? Yeah, I think so. So, I don't know. Probably, mm. I would say, I've yeah, go for... i cold body. I need warmth yeah. at all times. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would say, well, go, obviously, when, go for damp. When you were a kid, when you were a kid in the northeast, in the industrial mm. northeast, mm-hmm. um, you probably... Did you have a continental quilt in those days? From about the age of seven or eight, I think continental quilts were phased in in the northeast. Phased yeah. in, yeah, because I didn't. I, yeah. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe the north. It was like quite. It was only new labour that introduced rolled them out. No, we had them before that. <laughs> but Tony Blair his some, first Labour Party grants. conference as Prime Minister in 1997 <laughs> announced to the strains of D Ream, things can only get better. Yeah. A new scheme overseen by Peter Mandelson <laughs> to roll out continental quilts across the industrial northeast. Yeah. No, we'd had them before then. Then a, but, news, um, a news team from BBC News went up and did Vox Pops on the street <laughs> in Sunderland and Newcastle and Middlesbrough saying, Madam, will you be trying one of Tony Blair's new continental kilts? Oh, no fear. You must be joking. What's that, a French blanket? No thanks. <laughs> Can you use them when you're sleeping in your tin bath? With <laughs> the fit. <laughs> But, uh, but I mean, I come from the northeast, and this isn't a part of the world where we'll regularly go out on a Friday night in just a t-shirt in December. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it might it might be something genetic. I don't know, but yeah. Where were we? Also, wall, wall noise on Twitter says mattress toppers. Wife mm. loves them. I think they're overpriced shite. You could just use a duvet and begin a duvet sandwich for twenty five percent of the cost. Not if you've got a hot body. Not if, if you've got, got a hot, hot body. body being in a duvet sandwich is hell. You want to be half hanging out the bed when you've got a hot body. Yeah. Um, it says plus a topper makes me sweat like a pig. Well, that's just a personal opinion, isn't it? He's just he's brought his own personal feelings into it there. This show is not give us your opinions. I mean, that's no, like no, our no. worst nightmare. No, no. Any feedback really, unless it's solicited, is a fucking nightmare. Praise. I Whether quite like be, praise. I'm not really asked about praise either. No, I love it. Tell I'd rather you told your friends than tell me how much you like it, and then they'll start listening. But I'm yeah. not asked about any feedback unless we specifically ask for it. Um, mattress toppers. <laughs> when you've paid big money for a mattress, which we've said you should do, you should spend what you would normally spend on a long weekend away on um, on a mattress. You don't need a mattress topper when you've got a good mattress. If you've inherited a shit mattress or you want to upgrade your mattress without buying a new one, go for a topper because they're good. But again... Don't buy a cheap one. Don't it, don't yeah. fucking skimp with your bedding. Just listen. Just fucking. I know times are tough financially, but hold out. I I'd almost say don't get the topper, right? Because then that's money that could go into your mattress fund. Like a lot of a lot of. I'm getting into Roger Taylor territory here. Admittedly, I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking this started as a bi-weekly podcast looking at Premier League seasons. Listen. <laughs> now look at us. Get, Get it like there's a there's like you can get these bank these bank accounts like I think it's called Monzo, and right. you can separate money around into different sections for you. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think about getting that and doing mm-hmm. micro savings towards a mattress. If a topper costs, I, I've no idea, fifty quid. Right. Put that fifty quid into your mattress fund. Just wait. Wait. Mm-hmm. Separate the money out, and maybe it's in a year's time. But listen, prioritize it over pretty much everything else in your life. It's a, I mean, it's a bit like kids, my, obviously, but it's a bit like my um, theory about Disney World. Don't go to Disneyland Paris. Save the money up and do Florida instead. Disneyland mm. Paris is the mattress topper of the theme park world, mm. whereas Florida is the Otty mattress, mm. Mm. full whack. <laughs> I want a full whack mattress. That's what you say when you go into fucking. Yeah. When you go into um, full fat John Lewis, <laughs> right? Uh, where's the mattress yeah. department? That's on floor four, sir. Good. I'm fucking going there then. <laughs> Ding. Floor four. Right. Show me the way to the fucking full on full fat bastard mattress you got. <laughs> and give us two. Because I'm going to put one on top of the other bastard. <laughs> yeah, that's the living all right, isn't it? Sleeping high. Yeah, love sleeping high. Sleeping high on the hog. With a little, with a step ladder to get into bed. Lovely. Yeah, a bunk bed without the fucking the safety rail at the side. <laughs> um, what have we got? Any other ones in the emails? We haven't looked at the emails yet, have we? I know we have. I know we've got some. Here's a good one. Again, bedroom based. Um, Rich, I'm expecting my first child in four months' time. Um, I assume that refers to your wife and not actually you. 
Uh, do we need to paint a room and make a baby friendly ahead of the birth, or can we deal with it further down the line? I don't think they'll be old enough to appreciate a slick painted baby rig, and I'm just keen to leave it plain for a little while. Also, I don't want any paint disposal admin, as there's no canals around here to dump the stuff. Mm. Um, keep the country rich. I, I would say, no, you don't have to do it now. I mean, if, you, if you've got a colour scheme planned around the baby's sex, you know, blue, pink, all of that, then you, you're going to want to find out what it is anyway. But, I mean, that's a bit dated, isn't it, doing that? Fucking hell. Um, we didn't, I, I didn't paint my daughter's bedroom until after she was born because it was pink. I remember painting it pink. I wouldn't mm. have done that if I hadn't known what she was going to be, which we didn't. Mm. Um no, the baby's not going to be sleeping in the bedroom for the first few months anyway. It's going to, oh, the baby's going to no, be in a, in a, in a, a Moses basket It'll be next in a fucking you. Moses basket next to you, or sometimes in the fucking bed. Oh, well, that's, that's <sighs> yeah. That's dangerous, no, no. though, isn't it? That, I, that, that used to freak me the fuck out, because you just yeah, worry about rolling over Yeah, because you think you're going to roll over on, the, on yeah. it and crash it. Yeah, squish it. We used it. to just wake up, like, the baby would be in the bed and, like... Um, Anna like would wake up and just go, "Where's the baby?" Like, <laughs> out, and I'd be like, "Ah," oh, because you're insane anyway. Because you're sleep yeah, deprived and you're just mental because yeah. you've had a baby and you're not prepared for it. And believe me, you are not fucking prepared. It's, for like it. I said before, it's a permanent state of emergency for at least two years. You are not. If you're listening to this and you're expecting your first child, I don't care how much fucking reading you've done. I don't care how much time you spent around other babies mm-hmm. right that belong to your siblings or what have you maybe you had a younger sibling that you had to help nurse when you were younger right you are not fucking prepared no one's prepared no. it's it's like Vietnam right mm. it's like you've been um, press ganged into the US mm. Army in the early mm. 70s flown, the draft yeah, yeah. Like and before you know it, without training, they've flown you over to the middle of Vietnam. You're in a fucking helicopter, and they've yeah. just chucked you out. They put a I'll rifle go- in your hand, but this yeah. rifle is small and it's human and it's shitting everywhere. Yeah, it's shitting all over you, and yeah. it will not stop screaming, especially at mm. night. Yeah, but that said, parenthood's great. Yeah, I tell you what, it's probably yeah. why we're so committed to our like spending, investing in our sleeping arrangements now. Yeah. Because you're deprived of proper sleep for so many years that once you felt like finally you're out the other side, like you and I are now, you just you you want to make up for lost time. You you treasure your sleep. You never take sleep mm. for granted ever again. No, no, you you bank it, don't you? You fucking bank it. You, you want to put everything it like into a it. Precious jewel. Yeah. Precious orb. Yeah. You treasure it as much as you treasure your children. Mm. Yeah, in a way you do. Yeah, yeah. perhaps more. I don't Maybe know. Also, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> Once they've grown up and sort of started. All being I say to my kids is, "Don't make me choose between sleep and you," because <laughs> you might not like the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Which of us do you love the most, Dad? I love sleep, sleep. the most. Mm. So John's sleep. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, nice and tired. <laughs> friend, mother, lover. <laughs> Uh, is uh, I'll tell you what, you we'll end with this one because this is really okay. appropriate for this podcast. Mm. Uh, Gavin emails us and says, morning. <laughs> morning, he's predicted that we're recording this in the morning. Well done, Gavin. Um, <laughs> my dad was a shaven-headed, mustachioed bricky with about four remaining teeth and a tattoo of a topless mermaid on his arm. Oh. Legend. <laughs> Legend, dad. 
But he spent oh. a lot of time on the roof. Best tattoo ever. All right, kids. I'm just up on the roof. Do you need help? <laughs> uh, all right, thanks, Dad. Good. All right, well, just shout us if you do. I'll probably be up here all day. <laughs> he t- his dad, he first called me a cunt when I was about 11 years old. <laughs> not, not in a bad way, though. For him, yeah. it was very much an affectionate thing. Yeah. And he says, for the next 25 years, I used the word freely and often and in a similarly loving way. But recently, my good wife of 15 years has taken against the word. I don't oh, use God. it in front of the kids, but any time I do see it, it's never in a negative way. Should I stop altogether, or is there a compromise you can suggest? Mm. My eldest turns 13 next week, and I was hoping to call him a cunt for the very first time <laughs> as, a, as a passing of the generational yeah, torch. Yeah, it's, it's like a bar mitzvah yeah. to the Gentile community. Yeah. yeah. The 13, you get, get everyone together, and you, you, you cunt off. Your my, kid. <laughs> my first question is, Gavin, are you from Glasgow? Yeah. I'm getting feel, the feeling you're from Glasgow. It's a Glaswegian bar mitzvah. That's what yeah. they call that. Yeah. Because the Glaswegians do use the word cunt as a term of, of a demon. My God, I'm reading this book right by a bloke called Douglas Stewart. It's called Shuggy Bane, and it is set in Glasgow in the early 80s. Right. right. <laughs> and Pick cunt. Fu- it is... It makes, you know, obviously train spotting is set in Leith, Edinburgh. Mm. Uh, but, and, and I've read all of Irving Welsh's books. I think I'm just a fan of Scottish writers. That's what I think, right? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not an expert. I haven't read loads of them. But there's something about, it's because the dialogue is so lyrical and poetic, mm. isn't it? Right? Mm. But I'm telling you, Shuggy Bain, you feel like you're reading, it, it, you know, Irving Welsh looks like fucking Jane Austen by comparison. <laughs> this is a mental book. So I am balls deep in Glaswegian swearing at the moment. Yeah, very much Pete Cunt. So if you like that sort of thing, it's by Douglas Stewart. It's called Shuggy Bane. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, I'm assuming this bloke's... Uh, my mum called me a cunt probably around the same time for the first time. And she did mean it in a negative way. She didn't I use it. you're telling us, yeah. Yeah, yeah you mentioned didn't go, before. She didn't go... Can't this, can that. I mean, she does that nowadays, I think, more for comic effect. But mm. back in those days, she, it didn't come out like we were We were not Glaswegians. It was not something that she was bandying about willy-nilly. But if she lost the temper, which she would really badly, she would go, you can't. And he'd be like, what the fucking hell? You can't call me that. Yeah. And he'd just get used to it. My father would have, I mean, I don't think my dad's, I mean, my dad's well-spoken bloke. I, I mean... He he said fuck a lot, but he wouldn't. Mm. I don't think he's ever called me a cunt. <laughs> I fucking, I've certainly called him one. <laughs> he, he might have called me one behind my back. Um, yeah. Oh well, I mean, which parent hasn't? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Under your breath as they're leaving the room, especially especially when one of your kids becomes a teenager, and all yeah. they do is ask you for shit or abuse yeah. you. It's the yeah. weirdest relationship you can have. Yeah. yeah. Because. My- you constantly are apologising to a person who treats you with utter contempt. And yeah. in order, if you're me, and I, I, you're probably the same, a lot of dads are like it, in order to stop, in, they're relentlessly rude and mean to you. Yeah. But your response to that is to try and be nicer and nicer yes. and offer yes. them things to make them like you again. But it Kill just makes it worse. So it's that, I saw a letter in this once, which was pretend you have a teenager by... <laughs> Pretend you're a teenager by calling someone a cunt and then asking them for a lift. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> as part of a conversation yesterday, a text conversation, obviously, with my 16-year-old daughter, 
which was about political polls. My 16-year-old daughter tried to explain the 1992 general election to me. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, well... That's it. I'm, I mean, I, I, that's where I'll end up. It's certainly going in that direction. It's going to happen you, It's going to happen. You're certainly in a position, I'm already in a position where it's like nothing, none of your experience or knowledge is relevant or valid yeah, or credible. Nothing. None it, of it. it. It has zero credibility. Mm. Nothing that you have done or learned along the way is yeah, any is, is worthy of anything other than complete contempt at uh, at best, light amusement. But, yeah. same time, well, fine. Yeah, I mean, they'll probably make it. the world a better place than we, we, we did. We, we, and we all do we, it. Yeah. We'll have done the same when it's we were progress. younger. It's part of the, the, the journey of life. The circle of life. As Elton John I mean, said. I, I made, uh, I fell into a fucking, I think I might <clears> have told you this, but I fell into the worst trap ever by accidentally when my daughter announced that she hated lad culture because it was to- <laughs> uh, toxic. I made the fucking schoolboy mistake of responding to that by going, well, actually, I take exception to that. I deem myself to be a lad uh, just because I am a fan of football and I used to spend time in pubs and I like exchanging banter and ribaldry with my lad friends. That does not mean that you should assume we are also misogynists, racists, <laughs> violent men. Uh, and she just like, it was one of those ones where she sat back and clicked her fingers like that. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where you're like, you're having a little light stretch up before absolutely okay, then. demolishing go. me, demolishing <laughs> me. And by the end, I was like, why did I enter into this? And by the end, I was just sort of saying, yeah, well, I suppose it's how you define the term lad, isn't it? Maybe we've just got different <laughs> definitions in the same word. <laughs> My daughter is 13. I'm 45. Yeah. Oh, it's going to get so much worse, mate. It's going to get so much worse. Mm. I would build that shed in the garden you've been talking about, if I were you. <laughs> You're going to need somewhere to save I'm space. going to build a fucking bunker, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but as to using the word cunt, it's a subjective thing. I think it depends on who you live with and who you're around. Some mm. people are comfortable. I mean, you know, a lot of women don't like the word, and quite rightly. Yeah. Um, so you just, yeah. just got a case-by-case case basis. I, I, do, I do think, but what I've, I've, I totally agree with that, and I, I personally think, and I'm not even joking, I think that I do swear too much. I think I've always sworn too much. I think I do it without realising, and sometimes, because obviously I've got a loud voice, I sometimes will be in a pub, or out in a restaurant or in a public place and I'll be talking to someone mm-hmm. and swearing liberally in, in the style yeah. that you and I do on this podcast and you realise it might be old people or kids yeah. and it's like and I feel disappointed in myself. You're so tall I should, as well, so it broadcasts further. Yeah, yeah. It's a nightmare. And just not a nice person to be near in a public place, I'll be honest. <laughs> right? Um <laughs> on a tube do you know what I mean? Like, on a tube, if I'm with a mate and we're talking, like, the whole fucking train has to listen to it. And obviously, I'm not ever, yeah. ever saying anything of any value either. It's always yeah. annoying. And um, so, but, yeah, I think that you should... You, you, I try as best I can to sort of assess what someone's swearing boundaries are when I'm talking mm. to them and try to observe those. Yeah. However, what I, ha- I would say is just as... In recent times, we've all become more, for instance, tolerant of different sexualities or interpretations of gender, more conscious of um, race 
you know, and racial differences and so forth. Mm. I also think another thing that has happened over the last five or ten years is people have become generally more liberal with their use of the word cunt. And I welcome <clears throat> that because it right. used to be a nuclear bomb, didn't it? Yeah. Whereas it was now, the big one, wasn't it? Yeah. Now you seem quite straight. Basic people will chuck it in here and there, and yeah. that's fine. I think it was Martin Clunes who said it'll be twenty years from now, and you'll hear the word "fuck" on CBBS. He might be right. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was about I, ten years ago when he said it, so it, he's probably wrong. I reckon they'll start saying "cunt" on the one show soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be something to look forward. And to. I'll tell you when it'll be. It'll be in the summer when the usual couple of people who do it have some time off. And because of coronavirus, they're really down to the bare bones of people who can fill in. So they end up getting me and you to fill in on the one show. Welcome to the cunt show. Oh, fuck. That's not the one show. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, today's guest is Mick Talbot. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Right, well, I'm glad we sorted that out. That's it from this episode. I hope we've helped you in some way. Um, if, if we haven't, we haven't we've entertained you. If we haven't, you know, get a self-help book. There's loads of good ones. Yeah, don't fucking come to us for fucking advice. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Um, yeah, take the FN, cunts. See ya. See ya.